This is from GamerHeadquarters.com with a full review on YouTube SkyCaptain5 Law. This is The Elder Scrolls Online. We're on Xbox One X. It is indeed enhanced. We're getting it pushed towards a 4K resolution with HDR support. Uh, for this review, we're doing something a little bit differently. I'm joined by... Joelle. And this is our Elder Scrolls Online expert, as to say, or experienced player. And we're just going to be kind of talking about the game and going over features and everything like that. So uh, just to open our discussion a little bit, I thought we'd talk a bit about the uh, the story for those starting fresh the narrative structure of the game, generally all of the uh, the content in regards to the actual quests, maybe some of the side quests uh, from a newer player's perspective, or maybe even experienced player coming back in, minus the concepts of the DLC content at this point. So ESO, it takes place during the Second Era, which is roughly 1,000 years before Skyrim, for those of you who have played Skyrim, and it encompasses all of Tamriel. Some of the zones haven't been uh, fully developed yet, so they're mm. still blacked out, uh, but they may be released as future DLC chapters. The main uh, questline from ESO focuses on the Daedric Prince, Molag Vol, and he has this big evil plot to pull Tamriel into oblivion. When you start the game, uh, you, the player, are the Vestige. And basically, you have been captured by Molag Ball. He's stolen your soul and imprisoned you in his realm in Oblivion, uh, which is known as Cold Harbor. In prison, you're contacted by uh, a man who's known as the Prophet. He tells you that you have an important role to play in stopping Molag Ball's evil scheme. And then Lyris Titanborn comes along. She is going to be your first companion and... Uh, a big part of the story later on, and she is there to help you escape from prison. Uh, then you help uh, the Prophet escape from Cold Harbor and return to Tamriel. So all of this uh, happens in the tutorial area, so you learn how to do basic combat, uh, how to loot items and all that stuff, uh, as well as get a little bit of the story, which is fun. When you return to Tamriel, the Prophet uh, will continue to enlist your help as you attempt to prevent Molag Ball uh, and his minions from pulling Tamriel into Cold Harbor. As you level from level 1 to 50, you will continue to do more quests uh, based on this main quest line. Uh, but in order to level, you have to go and do some other quests, uh, which are just based on the zone you're in. More about... Uh, Molag Ball, though, is he has these dark anchors that appear throughout Tamriel, and they're a big part of the game. And these dark anchors are Molag's Ball way of pulling Tamriel towards Cold Harbor, you know, weakening the the gap between uh, Nern and Oblivion. So when these dark anchors appear, uh, what you get to do is you get to fight Molag's Ball Daedric forces, destroy the anchor, and you get some nice loot out of it, uh, as well as there's some achievements for defeating all of the uh, dark anchors in each zone. Uh, and basically, after you escape Cold Harbor, you begin uh, your quests, questing and your adventure in one of the three Alliance starting zones. Uh, the three Alliance starting zones are the Aldemary Dominion, the Daggerfall Covenant, and the Ebonheart Pack, and those uh, come into play later on in the game as well. So with uh, the quest structuring, you know, there's main quests and obviously a lot of side ones. How do you end up doing these quests? Do you just wander around? Are you forced along the line? Is it linear or more open? It is definitely more open. Uh, it, it actually can be very challenging to follow some of the quest lines, especially if you're picking up multiple quests at once. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, generally the the zone quests are linear. So if you start in the Aldemary Dominion, you get a little starting zone. It's in Canarthi's Roost, and then you go to Aradon, and then Gratwood. And each of these zones have its own main quest line, as well as several um, side quest lines. The side quest lines can be you know small things like doing favors for the people around that zone. They're definitely not necessary, but they can be a lot of fun. Um, sometimes there's, you know, murder mysteries where you have to Ooh. go into these dungeons. So you say they mix the quest lines up quite a bit. Yes, the quest lines are mixed up quite a bit. Uh, but the uh, synopsis, I guess, of the main quest line that I gave there just a few minutes ago, uh, that it progresses as you level up. So once you hit, for example, level 15, the prophet will contact you and you go and talk to him and you can continue on with that story. So with the story element, uh, how about we dive into the alliance zones? I've heard those are interesting. Yeah, so there's three different alliances. There is the Aldemary Dominion, which is led by Queen Irene. And it is composed of the High Elves, the Wood Elves, and the Khajiit. Then we have the Daggerfall Covenant, which is led by King Emmerich, and it's composed of Bretons, Orcs, and the Red Guards. And lastly, we have the Ebonheart Pact, led by King Yorin, composed of the Nords, Dark Elves, and Argonians. So it's, when you're creating a character, when you're starting out in Elder Scrolls Online, um, part of what you choose is what race you want to be, and uh, the race is locked to the Alliance uh, unless you um, get a feature that unlocks it. So basically, mm. if you want to be a High Elf, for example, you're going to be starting out in the Aldemary Dominion, and that is going to be your main storyline for the first playthrough. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So with the aspect of Alliances and the story, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the DLC now, uh, the expansions and the extra content. You just want to kind of go over what those provide, you know, like new areas, new creatures, new quests. What, what do you get when you jump into these expansions, and do you want to highlight yes. one or two? So with the DLC, um, you have smaller DLC content, so um, things just like smaller areas that are unlocked available to you, uh, as well as uh, skill lines. So um, a DLC content, for example, would be the Dark Brotherhood, as well as the Thieves Guild. So that unlocks an entire other quest line uh, related to that, as well as special zones related. DLC also includes uh, some chapters. So, for example, Somerset is a full chapter, Elsewhere is a full chapter, and Greymore are a full chapter. Um, so these are, are much bigger DLC drops, where you have an entire zone um, dedicated to it. You get I think usually a couple dungeons, some trials that are unlocked, uh, as well as uh, it just really expands uh, what's happening in the base game. Okay, so so with those, I also understand there's a bit of a, a lead up to these larger scale events that happen almost yearly. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say pretty much yearly. Whenever a new chapter drops, there's a there's a big lead up. Um, it drops a whole bunch of new content. Um, there's a prologue quest that happens prior to you entering this new zone. Um, so I think the chapters that have been released so far are Morrowind was the first one. Uh, and then we had Somerset, 
was next, then Elsewhere, and then just recently Greymore has dropped. So uh, I think at this point it's good to talk about the uh, the visuals and everything like that. So we're both playing on the, the Xbox One X, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I have to say, in my opinion, from playing a fair bit of it on the platform and everything like that, because we did some matches and some dungeons and stuff, it's actually fairly impressive in terms of the visuals. You get a good rendering distance, a fairly steady performance, I've noticed, across where I was playing. And it's it's got some neat different biomes and aesthetics. But you, you want to talk a bit about the visuals across your many, many yeah. adventures? I can't really talk about the technicalities of the visuals and how things render, but uh, <laughs> in terms of just visual appeal, it is it is a very beautiful game. Uh, and the really cool thing about it is each zone is so different in how it looks. Um, you have Somerset, which is where the High Elves are from, and they have these gorgeous trees that are just vibrant colors. Um, And then there's Morrowind, for example, which is very, there's lots of volcanoes and lava and there's fungus growing everywhere. Um, And then you have some major cities um, that are great. Um, You see like different types of architecture depending on the zone you're in. Mm. Um, And there's so many different styles. So, like, the Redguard style is so different than, you know, the Nord style, for example, because they're in different areas and they have, you know, different lives and they live in different um, environments. So so with that, we do have a bit of a, like, a day-night cycle and everything, right? You know, the, the world sort of goes along as you do. And... Yeah, um, the day-night cycle, I find it's not... Um, it doesn't contribute as much to the game in terms of quests, especially. Um, and I find that days are a lot longer than you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the seemingly never-ending days and short little nights. It sounds like a lot of people like it, though. You know. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely nice. Um, I find that when I'm questing, and I'm I prefer to quest during the daytime. Um, there is no way to my knowledge to like you know skip hours in a day um yeah you're probably pretty locked to the uh the general world that you're visiting yeah you're pretty locked to the general world going when you're traveling around in nighttime though um farming for resources so finding like alchemy ingredients and um you know woods and clothing material I i find doing that at night can be helpful because uh when you put in a passive skill um, you, those materials will glow, so when it's dark, oh, okay. it pop right up. So um, farming materials at night can be very advantageous. Oh, that's very interesting. So for those coming off of the more single-player Elder Scrolls, you know, the uh, Skyrim and the like of the series, what, what's different from that experience into this? Well, there's, there's quite a few different things about, you know, doing an MMO... Uh, ORPG. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, the, the, the big difference is there are other players everywhere. Um, and that can be a little bit of a, a shock when you're going from a single player game to uh, a multiplayer game. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that you can do as a solo player. So if you really enjoy um, that solo play style, there's, there's lots you can do tons of quests that you can go along and do. Uh, some of the content is purely solo content, so you do have to do it on your own. Um, and if you're coming off of uh, a game like Skyrim, it's really great 
uh, especially if you're into like the Elder Scrolls lore, because um, it gives you just more world to explore. Oh yes, and a bit of a growing world too, right? Because it's continuously. Yes, it's a it's a very much a growing world. There's still some areas of Tamriel that are blacked out and uh, will probably be released in future expansions and DLC. Yeah, it should be exciting. So let's uh, let's talk about the travel options because this is a pretty big world. How do you, how do people get around? So how you get around in Elder Scrolls Online is by way shrines. So it's not like Skyrim where you can just open up your map and travel to wherever you want. Um, there are set points throughout the world that you can travel to, uh, and these are way shrines. Usually there's, depending on how large the zone is, there might be like eight to ten way shrines in a little province. Or not level, but in a province. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to travel to a way shrine, you can go to one way shrine and then travel to another way shrine in a totally other province. Uh, or you can open up your map and recall it a way shrine, uh, but it does cost gold. So that's the one downside of doing that. Okay, but you, you can also travel, you know, in-game by things like foot and and horse and... oh yeah 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 no for sure um you can run around as much as you want um mounts are pretty crucial to the game because the world is so big um so you get your first horse when you get to level 10 so that's a really really big uh a goal to reach if you're a new player so look <laughs> forward to that uh and once you get your mount you want to make sure that you're upgrading your mount speed it just helps with uh traveling faster and you do that by going to a stable master um, and then mounts are really fun because you can collect a whole bunch of different ones. Um, I have a leopard, for example, and I really like that mount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, mounts you can collect, uh, and they help you travel around a little bit faster. You can also run by foot. Um, and then, yeah, way shrines is the other major way to travel. And I also believe if you're in a group, I guess we should also talk about groups a little bit and how that works, but you can fast travel to... Yeah, so if you're in a group, you can fast travel to any person in your group. Uh, and group play is uh, also a big part of the game. Um, if you're doing just like running around the world, world bosses are um, more group events. Um, you can do them solo, but they can be very challenging. Uh, if you're a new player, a lot of um, even... You know, intermediate players have a hard time doing world bosses, so um, having a group to do world bosses is definitely advantageous. As well as public dungeons, they can be a little bit tricky by yourself, but uh, by no means you have to do them in a group. Mm -hmm. Group dungeons, however, unless you are a more veteran player, you would have to do that in a group. And in group dungeons, uh, it's the PvE content, so player versus environment. Uh, in your group, you would have a tank, uh, two damage dealers, and a healer. And there's a little story that goes along with each dungeon, and there's dungeons in all sorts of different zones uh, that you can go to. Um, two du four dungeons, you can travel directly into the dungeon, um, but you can also queue using uh, Activity Finder, which is a nice system to use. No, very helpful for finding others. So I guess moving on with that, we should talk a little bit about, because you mentioned some of them right there. Oh, what are the types of classes and what, what are your thoughts? Do you have a favorite class? And can we talk a little bit about the, the customization once you do get your class going? 
Yeah, so when you're creating your character, you uh, you create it uh, either a damage dealer, a tank, or a healer. You can um, switch what you want to do. If you change your mind, that's totally fine. There are ways to redistribute your attribute points um, to become more tanky or more of a DPS or more of a healer, as well as switch your skills around if you change your mind. Um, but with, with those kind of roles... Uh, there's six classes right now that you can choose from. There's the Dragon Knight, the Nightblade, Sorcerer, Templar, Necromancer, and Warden. So Warden is available through purchase uh, with Crown, so that's an in-game in purchase. Um, so that's not available if you're a brand new player, unfortunately. And Necromancer uh, is available only if you have Elsewhere. But the other four are the four standard ones, uh, and they're really fun to play. Uh, Dragon Knight is a great tanking class. Uh, they have good sustainability, uh, nice heals, good shields, so they, they're really great tanks. But they can also be good damage dealers as well. The great thing about um, ESO is you can choose any class and be any role. Uh, some are easier to do uh, with certain roles, but again, it's... It's whatever you want to do. So if you want to be a Khajiit Dragon Knight uh, healer, you can do that. You know, like it's possible. It's not great for endgame content, but uh, it is possible. Um, Nightblade is another fun class. They're more of the stealth. So uh, uh, if you're if you like assassination and you know thieving and stuff, Nightblade's a fun um, class to play. Sorcerer is just straight up great magic class. Uh, they can be very powerful uh, in PvP and PvE. And Templars are the um, best-in-slot healers at the moment, and they, they're fantastic. Um, great. Lots of healing abilities, great sustain, all that good stuff. <laughs> great. So that sounds pretty interesting and quite in-depth in regards to touching on little things there. Uh, so I guess it would be good to kind of, when we've talked about this a little bit, uh, the partying system, a.k.a. grouping, uh, character leveling, how the gilding works, factions, you know, kind of how you interact with others. Yeah, so um, they do have a guild system, and you're allowed to be part of up to five guilds, which is pretty awesome. Um, getting into a guild can be a little bit tricky sometimes, um, but also can be really easy. Um, there's a, a chat for players to use, and zone chat is available for everybody. A lot of times uh, people will just put their guild in the zone chat, and if people find the description interesting, they'll join. Um, there's trading guilds, which focus on more of the trading aspect of the game. There's uh, guilds that focus on endgame content. And then there's social guilds, who are just people who like to play the game, will run a few dungeons, but just like to hang out. Um, and you can also create your own guild if you want. There is no restriction on who and who can't create guilds, which is really cool. Um, but you also don't need to be in a guild to do group content. So Activity Finder is really great because you can uh, say what your role is and then queue for a dungeon and it'll randomly choose other people who are online and stick you in a dungeon with them. Um, which can be super cool. You can meet some nice people. Uh, you also don't have to talk to them if you don't want to. There's, you know, no requirement to do that. Um, and you can run through dungeons. I've run through dungeons with tons of people, and 
Um, I've met some people through dungeons and they're pretty cool. And you know, other people I've never talked to again. (laughs) Yeah. That's how it goes sometimes in these. So how would you say is, you know, the most efficient way or general way that you level up characters? How, How does that system work? So the best way to level up characters would be to go, um, partially do quests, but also do things like world events, such as world bosses, uh, dolmens and dungeons as well. So the group dungeons are really great ways to level up your character. Um, there's a, a daily dungeon reward, uh, which gives you a lot of XP. So if you queue for a random normal daily dungeon um, through the activity finder, you'll get in, you'll do your dungeon, and you get a whole bunch of XP as well as some other rewards, uh, which is quite nice. Great. So I think it's time we talked about the end game content. So we've briefly touched on dungeons, but I know there's you know raiding and PvP. Tell, tell us a bit about what you can do there. Yeah, so trials are 12 person uh, type content. So usually you have two tanks, two healers, and eight DPS. Uh, sometimes you fiddle around with those numbers depending on what it is. Uh, and those <laughs> are just dungeons, but you know, dungeons on crack, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, or more similar to raids such as in uh, WoW. And uh, with those, there's a story behind them. Uh, they're in different zones. Uh, and they can be a lot of fun, too. Um, it's, in my experience, I'm not great with trials yet, but it's, uh, it is it is a lot of fun. Um, it's just a lot going on at once. <laughs> yeah, some crazy action. So, uh, crazy action, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so how does the, the PvP factor in? So PvP is kind of like its own category of things. So... Generally, if you're creating a character, you create a character to do PvE content or PvP content. Um, there is a little bit of crossplay between the two, but if you're getting into more endgame content and you want to be um, have like the meta build and whatnot, generally you kind of have to designate your character for one of the two uh, types of play styles. Uh, PvP, what what ESO has is Cyrodiil. And Cyrodiil is where the three alliances are fighting for control of the Ruby Throne. So whatever alliance you decided on at the beginning of the game, when you enter Cyrodiil, that is the alliance you will be fighting for. In Cyrodiil, there are keeps to capture, there are Elder Scrolls to get, and then there's resources uh, as well around um, the different keeps that you can also capture. Uh, as well in PvP, there's uh, battlegrounds, which are I like to think of them as little mini games, uh, but they can be quite fun and they can help you work on uh, building your PvP skill. And there are essentially there's uh, three groups, each with four people in each group. Uh, again, they are randomly assigned, similar to uh, how Dungeon Finder works and Activity Finder. And there's games such as Deathmatch which is just standard kill as many people Mm. as you can and try to stay alive. And then there's Capture the Relic, which is very similar to Capture the Flag. Uh, There's one called Chaos Ball. Uh, What else is there? There's a few of them. There's a large list of PvP options. Yeah, a large list. uh, Domination, where you have to run around and there's flags that you have to go and maintain uh, control on. Um, So yeah, lots of PvP stuff to do. Lots of 
you know, PvE stuff to do, and lots of solo stuff to do, which I think is why ESO is so great, is because there is so much content, and there's different playstyles, and, you know, you're, you can try it all if you want. <laughs> that is true. It does seem to offer quite a bit. So we talked a bit about expansions. Uh, what are your thoughts on the extra microtransactions? I know there's crowns. Let's just touch upon this briefly. Yeah, so crowns are um, available for purchase. Uh, I believe when you first uh, get an account, they might give you a lump sum of crowns, as well as if you have an ESO Plus membership, you'll get some crowns uh, every time your ESO Plus membership reviews. Uh, and you can buy different things with them. I mentioned the Warden class earlier. That's something you can buy with crowns. You can also buy more like cosmetic things. Uh, you can buy non-combat pets or mounts uh, or crown crates, which will give you just a variety of different things, um, whether it be like collectibles or potions, stuff like that. Cool. So I think leading into the next part kind of helps a lot. Uh, so we talked about pets, but there's also other gameplay extras, such as like housing. What's in the game along those lines of little extra things you can do or get? Yeah, so you can buy a house. Uh, when you first play, you you can uh, there's a little quest you can do, and they'll give you an apartment for free. It's a really tiny room, but you can decorate it. Um a lot of the more veteran players or people who are more interested in that kind of stuff, you can buy houses. There's small houses, medium houses, large houses, and then there's mansions, um, which are really cool. Uh, and a lot of uh, guilds will have like a mansion, and they'll that'll be their guild hall. So they'll put crafting tables or merchants or just decorate it however they want, and then guild members can go and use them. Um, so with that, there's furnishing that you can find throughout the world, there's um, designs that you can pick up, and when you learn them, you're able to craft furnishing items. Um, yeah, housing, it, it, can be, it can be really cool. It, it can be very expensive, so definitely if you're new to the game, it's usually not your first priority, but uh, as you play a little bit more, if it's something you're interested in, it can be a lot of fun. Um, you can decorate your house however you want, uh, and the decorating is actually um, quite nice in in terms of you you can place items wherever you want. Uh, I know in um, Skyrim, for example, when they added uh, the housing side of things, it uh, moving stuff was a lot harder. Uh, ESO, it's a breeze. Uh, you just click, put it where you want. You can rotate it and three directions which is nice yeah. and uh yeah that's that's housing other extra things we have non-combat pets which can be really cool you can collect them in a variety of different ways you get them through doing quests uh or through the crown store um then you also have your like character appearance appearance so uh, you can have costumes, you can dye your costumes different uh, things, you can collect costumes from, again, doing quests. Um, there are also, um, like, body markings and uh, skins available. And, again, you can collect these things through a variety of different ways. Sometimes it's through quests, sometimes it's through completing dungeons. Um, vet dungeons in particular, if you uh, complete a vet dungeon and you do uh, no death, a speedrun, and a hard mode, uh, they have skins for those uh, dungeons, and they can be really cool. I know there's a crystal one that's uh, uh, really, really neat, and I would like to get at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just little things to 
play after little rewards, which are always nice in you know yeah. MMORPGs. Uh, so with that, uh, before we get to the last summary here, what do you like about the game? What would you like to see changed? Uh, is this something you think new players can jump into at this point? I think it's a great game for new players. I think it can be a little intimidating just because of how much content there is. Uh, and But there's lots of players out there that are willing to help out. Uh, and if you find um, a guild that's uh, you know geared towards newer players, that can be super helpful as well. Uh, I really enjoy that. You know, I I enjoy doing solo. I enjoy doing PVE. I enjoy doing PVP. So I think it's great that there's just a lot of versatility um, in the game. One thing that I would like to see change, and I don't know if it's ever going to change, is uh, when you're doing group dungeons, sometimes people will queue for the incorrect roles. Um, This is a personal pet peeve of mine. Uh, I know some people are like, whatever, it's fine, but... um, for example, if you're a, a DPS and you queue as a tank, it can be really challenging to get through uh, a dungeon when you don't have someone who's able to take a lot of the heat from those big bosses. Um, so if you are a newer player, I would recommend uh, queuing for the correct role. It makes it a lot easier, um, and that way you don't get any hate, because sometimes that does happen. But generally, the ESO community is very friendly, uh, very willing to teach and help out. Um, and if you are a newer player and you're not interested in the, you know, MMO experience, there's still a lot of stuff you can do in terms of, you know, questing, you know, learning more about the lore. Uh, it can be a lot of fun as a solo solo player as well. Great. So now we just go into a little bit of a summary here overall of what we talked about. So this is obviously MMORPG, like we've mentioned uh, numerous times. It's a large-scale experience that really does dive deep into the lore of the Elder Scrolls Online. There's options for PvE, PvP, uh, grouping, playing alone. Just generally, it's got a ton of content to it, and it seems to expand over time. Is there anything else you'd like to quickly summarize here or end off with? I think you got it pretty well. Uh, the one thing I will add, and this has to do with more of the um, microtransactions, is if uh, the ESO Plus membership, I think I mentioned it earlier, uh, mm-hmm. it can be a really good thing to invest some money into um, because it gives you access to a craft bag, all the DLC content, and it, again, it gives you a lump sum of crowns. So if you find you're really enjoying the game, um, definitely worth checking into. Um because it, it makes it, the game a lot easier um, because you do have that craft bag makes crafting way easier uh, as well as you get all the DLC content so Dark Brotherhood, Thieves Guild uh, as well as Merkmire all those kind of things uh, which can be super fun but yeah, you know, I'd say give it a try, there's lots of content um, by no means do you have to be hardcore about it uh, just go and enjoy yourself Great. Thank you for chatting. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me.